Down a little bit, Wesley, on the mic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, are y'all serious about the things that we're talking about this morning? Are y'all serious this morning? Up just a little bit, Wesley. Hallelujah. I need someone, I need someone in this church that knows the temperature, you know, and that can just get, I'm, I'm not asking for a volunteer here now, but sometimes you just got to have someone that says, it's cold in here, and just, because some of y'all are, are, y'all don't have any lard on your bones, and I've got a guaranteed plan. I can fix that. It's, a spe- it's one I've developed on my own to put meat, to put meat and, 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 and then some of y'all, we could lose the roof and snow in here, and y'all just, you know, just fanning away. Hallelujah. So y'all bear with us on the temperature. So we, 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 uh, we're working on it. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, the Holy Ghost is working in here right now. Now, he would have worked with you on the way to church, and he would have worked with you when you was brushing your teeth this morning. He would have worked with you in your dreams last night. But we were, we were busy doing us, doing our thing. But so somehow when we come in here, if somebody will jump and run and holler and hoot and carry on, we'll pay a little attention. Y'all pay a little attention right now. Act like, you, like I'm telling the truth. Amen. Yeah, I'm paying a little attention. But he wants to talk to you and minister to you all the time. He's a full-time God. You know, the Buddhists and the Hindus and all, they have to go to somewhere and enter in with some sort of something in order to, to interact with their God. You know, in other words, they got to go to the, the, the temple or they got to, you know, meet him at the incense hot parlor. You can, you can meet Buddha in t- this town all over by going to a nail place. Debbie tells me that he is, he is in the house at some of these nail places and that he's got bananas and oranges and all that stuff around there. I mean, but our God is not that kind of God. You don't have to go get your nails done, Lawrence. Hallelujah, to, to, to meet with God. You can, he's full time. He's all the time. Amen. Turn in your Bible with me. Hallelujah. Enough of that. We'll go on to Psalm 33. Debbie said amen. That's the best amen she said in a while when I said that. Praise God. Praise God. Now, if you don't have one of these blue sheets about the advantages of being at the right place at the right time, if you'd raise your hand and these, uh, these ushers, these jumping ushers, are, they'll put one in your hand. Praise God. This will just stimulate you. This will just fire you up to say, God, would that happen to me if I was at the right place at the right time? I believe it would. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you read that sometime, not, not now, but read that sometime. Hallelujah. We may come back to it, but I doubt it. Hallelujah. Psalm 33. Thank you, Jesus. I know there's great needs in this house. Just whenever we gather together, somebody's got a need. They've just got things going on in their soul. They've got things going on in their body. They've got situations that are out there with people. They've got things that they're believing for, and there's just no logical way, there's no reasonable way that they can see how God's going to be able to bring that in their life, but yet they know that God wants it, and so there's just that there. I'm telling you, the Lord's going to use the Holy Ghost this morning to talk to you about who, where you are. But, but don't think about your problem or your situation this morning. Let's think about Jesus. Let's give our attention to him because he already knows the situation you're in and he wants to bring you the answer, but he can rarely do it while you're looking at the problem. But he will always do it when you're looking at him. 
What you look at and talk about always gets bigger. So if we talk about the problem, look at the problem, it just gets bigger. But if we look at Jesus and look at the word, hallelujah, it gets bigger. Psalm 33, let's look in verse 13, hallelujah. The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike, he considereth all their works. Now, verse 16, there is no king saved by the multitude of a host. He's talking about his army. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death, and to keep them alive in famine. Hallelujah. So we can see this in the New Testament of seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. Amen. Putting the Lord first. Look with me in Psalm 37, verse 23. Praise God. He's saying there, you know, the answer's not in this world. It's not natural things. It's not natural things plans. We, surely by now you've known that money does not solve the problems of this world. Now, it's downright handy. I'm telling you, money's handy. I've been without and I've been with, and a with is a lot better than without. But you can't get everything from it. It's an avenue to facilitate what God's already put in your heart. It's handy. But if you don't have it and you need something and you don't have money, we have precedent in the Bible that says he'll multiply food. I've heard Leroy Thompson talk about if you don't have any money and your washing, your washing machine breaks, it doesn't work, and you got babies that got diapers and clothes and everything, then you don't have money for a new one, you can go in there and lay hands on it and talk to it, and it will come to life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, the spaghetti will multiply in the pot. Hallelujah. So all of those things are available, but, you know, barring that, money is just handy to have around. Hallelujah. I don't know if y'all believe, I, I know y'all believe that. Hallelujah. Verse 23, he says, the word says, the steps of a good man. Let's read it together. Verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall." He shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Well, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, this is Old Covenant, Old Testament. But here you can see the minimum that you and I as New Testament believers would have is that our steps are ordered of the Lord. He actually intervenes or causes our steps. Now, some Christians just believe that, you know, when you pray, that God just makes it happen. He just, that he's magic. But God's not magic. He works supernaturally in the natural, but he's not magic. He does not suspend his law. If anything, he supersedes it, but he does not suspend it in the sense of entering into a new set of laws that's not common or not uh, uh, um, routine in his life in heaven. So God will intervene, but what he'll do is uh, some Christians just want, uh, uh, God, here I am, bless me. And what the Lord will always say is, well, I'm blessing over there, move. 
But people say, well, Lord, if you want to heal me, here I am. I don't want to go to church. And he knows where I am. If he wants to heal me, he can just heal me here. But that's not how the Lord works. Y'all say a little better. I need a little help here. He doesn't just say, well, you know, just I'll get you wherever you are. It is a big problem with Christians that, that, that they buck up, they rebel and just say, you know, and he knows where I am. It's rebellion. It's just, it's just flat old not cooperating with God to say, Lord, where do you want me to be? In Hosea, let me read you in Hosea. It says in chapter 4, verse 6, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, chapter 4, verse 6 says. And then it goes on, we know that part, but then it says, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. So it's not just a sovereign thing where God just gets to do what he wants and he'll just take care of it. Uh, when all options are off the table and you, you, you have no other way, the Lord will deliver you. Have you ever heard of people uh, uh, that were sliding into a car wreck that they were speeding and someone pulls out and they just holler Jesus? Have y'all ever heard these stories? And they, they close their eyes, bracing for impact, and then they open them. And they're on the other side, tooling down the road. And you go, how did that happen? Well, there's angels. That, you know, and when we call on the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved. Hallelujah. So there's no doubt if we'll look to him, he, he'll take care of us. But, but the Lord has also natural means where he wants you to live a supernatural life in this natural life. We're in the world, but we're not of this world. It says, turn with me, if you would, to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Y'all flip a little faster there. Hallelujah. It says in chapter 9 of Ecclesiastes, we don't go there much, but uh, Solomon wrote this, and he was a wise man, and except for Jesus, was the wisest of all men when he was in his wisdom. It says in chapter 9, verse 11, I returned and saw under the sun, in other words, he looked around, that the race is not to the swift, in other words, the winner is not to the fastest, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But here it is. What is it then, Solomon? Who wins? Who comes out on top? But time and chance happeneth to them all. Now, that sounds like that would be a luck scripture that just, you know, it's going to be like it's going to be. But that's not what it means in the Hebrew. The Hebrew there, the word two is actually the word, uh, it's made of two letters. And we looked at this, and it's, uh, it's the word uh, made out of a leaf and taw, but it be, it's the Hebrew words, that the, the first Hebrew letter and the last Hebrew letter. And it, the connotation in the New Testament, the Greek, would be the alpha and the omega, and so we see here that, that though the, uh, your opponent's got the fastest horse and your, your adversary is stronger in might or has more money or more connections, here you are. We say it this way, faith is the great equalizer, that you can enter into a place that, that you don't have naturally. You can go supernaturally with your faith. You can access the Word of God and get it in your life in such a way that no matter what your weakness or your setback, God will make it up and make you the winner. As He is, so are we in this world. Hallelujah. And, and, uh, and so we, we, we go there. And He said, uh, time and chance happeneth to them all. That word time is the word eth. 
And the word uh, happen is talking about a supernatural or a divine happening. So what happens to you and me is not what the world says, like you're outnumbered or that, you know, you, you, you don't have access to this, this, you are at a disadvantage in this way, or it's not going to work that way, or you don't have the money this way, but yet we have an F, or we have what, what um, I looked it up, it's uh, the word kara in the Hebrew, Q-A-R-A-H. I just said that for the tape, you know, not for y'all. But it's the word kara, and it means a divine happening. How many of y'all want a divine happening? Amen. When your horse isn't the fastest and your muscles aren't the biggest and your bank account isn't the greatest, yet you've, you're expected to win, you need to come out on top, you need an F, a supernatural time, and a supernatural happening, a kara. You need an F. And I got to have an F, Lord. I got to have a supernatural time that puts me in position, that puts, that jockeys me and maneuvers me and strategizes me and puts me on the blueprint in the right place at the right time. That's what the Bible says about the Old Testament, about what happened back then that God would do that. You know, the tribe of Issachar, they had a unique gift. The whole tribe had, a, had an unction from God to, to know what they should do to be at the right place at the right time. Now, you can think about uh, the 911 and the, the Twin Towers and all the people that got an F to be not at work on that Tuesday of September 11th, 2001. You, they just like, what's this? I always go, but I'm not going today. I'm down here. Or they just, you know, something came up and diverted them, and they were saved. They were delivered. And how many times have you been delayed in traffic and go, mm, doggone, you know, I will not need to be there, you know, and, and you, you, you hit the gas and your wife says, hey, buddy, slow down. Y'all ever had that gentleman? You know, like, no. And you get up there and there's a wreck and it just happened. You know, everybody's just falling out and you go, wow, if I'd had my way, we'd have been in the middle of that. I'm thinking about the man in 2000, uh, December 16th of 2000. We live down south of town. That uh, F4 tornado came in from Inglewood from the southwest going to the northeast. And uh, it was the deadliest tornado in the United States that whole year. And Eric and I were at home al alone, and Debbie was downtown. And there wasn't anything anybody could do about it. It took every single brick off of the Winn-Dixie that's standing right there. That thing was bricked. And they had a South Trust bank there. Every brick was on it. And when that thing had passed, all was standing was the vault. And not one brick was on that Winn-Dixie. And there's a lot of red brick on that thing. But you think about the man that drove, was driving down 69 South that day at about, what, 2.30 or so, whatever it was, 2 or 2.30. And how, how he, he actually was picked up in his pickup and taken straight up and then slammed down and thrown out of the car and he died right there. He was not at the right place at the right time. He, need, he, needed a, he needed an F. He needed a divine happening that just says, you know, I think I'll go by uh, Aunt Susie's and, you know, and just made the turn. But he died that day because he wasn't connected. Many, many of you this morning, if not all of us, are here today because God gave us an opportunity to be at the right place at the right time. We won't know this side of heaven exactly how that played out, 
But I'm telling you, you, you somehow did not make contact with someone that had a terminal disease or an infection, I should say, or, or you just, uh, you somehow missed the trouble that the devil set up and put in your path. You just stared around it and didn't even know it. Now, obviously, if you got lifted over a car in a potential wreck, you know that was uh, happening. But a lot of times, God just delivers us. We're at the right place at the right time. Point yourself and say it with me. Be at the right place at the right time all the time. Now, that's your life, and it's not just for deliverance. We might talk about that another time, about Psalm 91, how God, if you'll get in the secret place with him, he'll cause his divine protection to come on you, and it will not come nigh you. The angels will lift you up, lest you even dash your foot against a stone. That's not just because you love God. That's not just because you are a Christian. It's because you have, you have come under the wing of the Almighty. You have set yourself in the secret place. You have, you have purposed in advance to realign your life against the future. But now this, this, this right place, right time, you've got to understand, it's a spiritual thing. It's not happenstance or luck or coincidence. It's not something that just, you know, what will be will be. It's something that happens in the supernatural realm. It's something that happens behind the scenes and realigns your life, whether known or unknown. You just can't know how many opportunities financially that somebody standing right next to you that they walked into and you were standing right there with both eyes open and didn't see it till it was done. They say in 1974, um, people that bought Walmart stock, it was dirt cheap. And some employees, they couldn't pay them or didn't want to pay them in cash. And they said, here, we got stock everywhere, you know, and it's like, whatever. And so they bought that stock. They became millionaires. You know the story. You go, well, let's all go get us some. Well, it's not dirt cheap anymore. <laughs> you know, the cat's out of the bag, and everybody knows that was the deal. But back then, it was pennies on the dollar, and now it's dollars, dollars, dollars. So that right place, right time thing can work financially. We talked about last week about how finding the right mate. Getting with the wrong girl is just not good. You, you just, you know, we, we won't even go there. But you know... The tithe. You talk about the tithe. What does the tithe do in Malachi? He says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Then what, he say, what does he say? That there might be meat or supply in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, what does he say there? If I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you'll not easily be able to contain. That is not talking about God's and bank accounts. It's talking about opportunities. That when you submit yourself to God, you come into the secret place by the tide, the covenant of grace, you are, you are as it were, ushered into a private room of opportunities that people that are not acknowledging the covenant or just saying, you know, I don't get it, they don't get access to that room of divine opportunities. The windows of heaven opened. You go, where's my money? You know, I, I've been, I'm a tither. What, what's happening? You've got to set yourself to be at the right place at the right time because it works every single time. Let's go to, uh, let, let's go to Romans chapter 8. 
Hallelujah. When we were just starting out, um, we were farmers. I mean, not just starting out. I don't know where you go, but, but one time we were farmers, and, you know, we didn't have the fastest horse, and we didn't have the greatest strength. And uh, financially, we had about played our little wagon out in the farm realm. We just done all, we did all the farm things that all farmers do. You know, we got up and spent money and then hoped it would come out. And one year, the, the year that we just really had to make a crop, we had to make a crop. There, there, if we didn't make a crop, it, it was not going to be good. And so that was the year that bollworms came in. We had a, a, an epidemic of them. Well, you can spray for bollworms, but it costs a hunk of money to spray because you don't just start once you, kill, once you go in with one spraying and you kill all the bollworms, you kill all the beneficials, which means all the little bugs that eat bollworms, you wipe them out too. So you have to keep spraying. You have to just keep on and work it out. So uh, I'd already spent my credit line. In other words, they'd already given me $150,000 and said, now, we want you to farm the whole year. Well, it was the 1st of August, and I was out. Yeah, I had to live on that, too. And, you know, Debbie, she had this eating habit. You know, I won't go into that, but she just wanted to eat every day and, and <laughs> paid electric bill every day. It was just, you know. But anyway, we, uh, we said, oh, God, oh, God. And so we, and yeah, I'm not recommending this, but it just comes out of your heart. We, we said, God, one thing we know, you said in, in Malachi, we just started tithing, and you said in Malachi to, uh, that you'd rebuke the devourer. So we took a little bottle of Pompeii olive oil. Now, it's got to be Pompeii, and it's got to be the 6.2 ounce, you know, <laughs> with the green label. No, we went to every corner of the farm. And we just spoke words. It wasn't the oil. It was that we, we just spoke words. And we poured it out on each corner of the farm because there was bollworms everywhere. And we just said, God, we're tithers, and we're claiming right now that you rebuke the devourer for our sake. And I'm telling you, I've told this story before, but we didn't have any bollworms. They disappeared, and we began to tell about, you know, because the story, you know, well, you know, what's your spray bill, and who's, who's flying for you, and this, that, and the other. And I said, well, we're not flying, and we're not spraying. Oh, your banker cut you off, and so y'all are toast. Well, you know, no, we don't have worms. So, you know, they would tell us. They would tell us that they would, later they told us the next year, that when we would be in church on Sunday morning, that they would drive out to our farm. And, you know, and, and to see, you know, liar, liar, pants on fire. Billings is saying he doesn't have worms, and he's not spraying. And, you know, we're going to go out there, and, and we had no worms. We had a great crop. We made a bale and two-thirds that year, and it was the best crop we ever made. And uh, praise God. Well, you know, and right after that, we, got a, we, we had started a Bible study in our home because we got the Holy Ghost. And we just wanted to do something with it. You ought to do something different when you get the Holy Ghost when, than when you did before. I said, you ought to rise up when you hadn't been risen up. Hallelujah. So we had this Bible study in our, in our home. And we'd been moving along in that. And then one day the Lord just spoke. And said, and told Debbie, said, close this thing down. Close the Bible study down. And I may get the story a little bit wrong here detail-wise, but the, the essence is, is that we got a phone call that weekend from, a, from a, a, a man that said, that had been at our Bible study. He had come through and he had spoken and he went home to Abilene. And when he got home on the answering machine was, uh, was these words. Uh, this is Trudy. Call Trudy. You know the number. So David Wells, 
you know, he just knew one Trudy, Trudy Staples. So he calls Trudy and says, hey, gal, what's happening? She says, oh, yeah, nothing. He says, well, uh, I'm, I'm returning your call. She said, I didn't call you. Well, how about that? You know, it's on the machine. Wonder who it was. And she sa- he said, well, what's happening? He said, well, we're going to Seminole and start a church. And uh, he said, well, I was just up at the Billings house in Seagraves. And no, 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 long story short, the Lord had told us to shut down the Bible study that Thursday. And we were in a new church on Sunday. Right place, right time. That's the church that in one year, long story, we're not even going to talk about it, but we were the pastors in a year. And you go, oh, so y'all took over another work. Well, let me clarify that. We had 88 people on the last Sunday of the former pastor, and we had six. (laughs) No, not that many. There was more than that, but I'm just saying, you know, didn't have a name, didn't have any money, didn't have a building, didn't have any equipment. You know, we used to, anyway, right place, right time. Now, what's that worth for being in the ministry? What, What a divine connection. Well, the way we even got that far was that uh, years before, we had gone to a meeting. Uh, no, excuse me, years later, uh, sometime later, we were in that church for that year that that pastor was there. And uh, he had a, we've told this story before, but I'm going to say it for the tape anyway. Uh, he'd had a speaker in from, from the Plano area. And uh, uh, the speaker, uh, some guys that prophesied and this, that, and the other. And that was all new back in 1979 or 80, excuse me. 82. That was all new, y'all. You, you may think prophesying's old hat, and it is, but back then it was new to us. And someone gave us a word that says that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, come on you like the cloud the size of a man's hand. So we, is that what, something close to that. And so uh, we're like, what's that mean, Glenn? And he said, I don't know. So uh, right place, right time, we were in that meeting. Sometimes you got to be in meetings that you go, I don't want to really be in this meeting. In other words, this is a spiritual impartation, and you're going to have a conflict in the natural realm. Yeah. Are y'all with me right now? Yeah. It's like, I don't want to go to those meetings. I'm tired, and you are, and I'm hungry, and you are, and the kid's cranky, and they are, and you got things to do, and you do, all of them legitimate, not just making up stuff. But you get said, God... I want to be in the secret place. I want to be in the, the eth. I want the kara in my life. And there's something that you don't just stand around and say, whew, here I am, Lord, come on me. I'll be sleeping on the sofa, you know, on Sunday morning if you, if you want to bring something supernatural into my life. No, you, so we went to these meetings. And so uh, supernaturally, that fall, her mother who was going to the uh, camp meeting in Tulsa, Brother Hagen's camp meeting, she got crossways or whatever and couldn't go. It was July and we're farming. We can't go. Of course we can't go. Farmers never leave in July. Not those kind of farmers. But she said, plane tickets paid, the uh, hotels paid, y'all go. And here we are, fired up in God. So we load up and go. Eric is just, you know, seven months old or eight. He's way little. And so, we, you know, we, we uh, went down to the kennel and put him in there so we could. <laughs> yeah, and Colin broke his arm two days before. Yeah. That was, and that was a miracle thing where God healed that and all that sort of stuff. So it was wild-eyed. We were watering and everything. And you just go, this is not handy. Do you all relate to when I say things sometimes are not handy? And you almost go, there is, a, there is a force against something here. I ought to react. I ought to push back on it. 
So we went to Tulsa, went to the meetings. They were great. We'd never been in an atmosphere like that. But by Thursday, we were, we were at the end of our whatever. We had just spent our emotional energy and whatever just to get there and all that's involved. You know what I'm talking about. And on Thursday, you know, in Tulsa, the heat in July, going down that long hill to go to the convention center, we took a vote, and there was, it came up two to nothing. Stay at home, stay at the hotel, and take a long napper. Y'all ever taken that vote before? <laughs> but, you know, you just have something on the inside that says, you know, we just can't stand it. We might not be at the right place at the right time. I've learned this. I've learned this. That if you check with your emotions, if you te- check with your soul, if you check with your body, you'll get a no vote. Yeah, let's eat popcorn. Pizza's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, room service. <laughs> so we load up, I mean, because we've thrown it all off, and we're just, you know, thinking this is, this is a well-deserved nap. We're out of town, can't water anyway. We load up and put on the clothes and go down there, and, you know, we're late. So the whole thing is, is, is jam-packed full. So here we are. We're young in those days, real young. So we walk up to the nosebleed section. It's way up there. And John Osteen is the speaker. And, he's, and Debbie's told this story, you know, but I'm just telling it again. He's just preaching along, and it's exciting, it's good, but, you know, it's kind of the same stuff that we've been doing. Amen. And then he just stops. Stops. I'm telling you, he just stops, and he just kind of pauses. I remember it like, like proposing to Debbie. I mean, I remember it just, and he said, you know, that cloud the size of a man's hand, that is the fivefold ministry. Totally out of context, totally not going with anything he was doing. Then he just kind of like, I did that, and he went on with this message. Well, we jumped because all of a sudden we have understanding with what God has spoken in another venue by another minister in another time. It all, the pieces came together. We're empowered. We were at the right place at the right time, not a convenient time, not an easily accessed time. This room was very challenging for us to get into, this room of the Spirit I'm talking about. But we had made an effort and endeavored to be where God could talk to us. You go, Lord, you could have mentioned this on the farm while we were running up down the road and checking water. But you know, if he had of, we wouldn't have heard it. And if we'd have heard it, we wouldn't have connected it, and we would have certainly invalidated just the supernatural atmosphere that had happened, that he stopped. John Osteen stopped. There's 30,000 people in this room, and God shone down and moved in this man's heart and interrupted his great message and told him, I got something to say through you. Stop. And we happen to be listening. You know, sometimes when you're off, you know, at the bathroom or whatever, we just... God ordained it. It was a kara. It was a divine happening. We came home, and you know, we, our house was on fire, so to speak. We were, we, were, we were empowered to do what God had called us to do. We had, we had the willingness, but we didn't, have, we didn't have a way to do it. Does anybody in here ever feel like that? I'm called, I'm anointed, I'm appointed, but where, do you, where is the first step? You just don't want to, you just don't know what to do. And so you've you got to have a divine appointment. You've got to have a connection. And sometimes Christians live all their lives called of God, anointed of God. And, 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 and actually five or six people that would not heed what God had said, I want this done. You're number seven. 
And he's come to you saying, will you do it? And you're going, yes, it's all over me. Fire me up. But yet we don't know how to take the next step. So we live a natural life thinking, if God wants me, he knows where I am. Instead of saying, Lord, where are you? That's where I need to go. Where, where are you? Are you in Tulsa, Lord? It's a long ways from here to Tulsa. And kid with a broke arm and little, little bitty guy in the water. And, you know, my dad's like, you're going where during watering season? You know, the whole, the whole thing. Yet, and no promise that anything's going to be there. It's not like you got an invitation from God that says, be thou there. You're just, gonna, you're just, you're just following something inside. Because there's already something inside working saying, there's more to my life than what I've been seeing. And I've got to pursue him. I've got to get on this. And he connects. Listen, it's all about heart. It's all about you saying yes. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? What did she say? For 12 years, she'd done it, the, the fast horse and the strength. She'd done all the things that says this is how they do it. But the Bible says in Mark chapter 5 that one time that she said to herself, if I but may touch the hem of his garden, I shall be healed. And it, it launched her into a place, a connection that wasn't 10 seconds long. 12 years of doing it this way, but in 10 seconds or whatever, she reached out and touched the hem. You know, she was unclean ceremonially, and she, the high priest was there. It could have been bad news, but God, like he did Jesus, just sifted her through the crowd, and she was able to connect, and nobody got mad at her. And Jesus turned. We think Jesus knew everything all the time, but he turned and said, who touched me? It wasn't rhetorical. He didn't know. He just knew that the virtue had gone out. And she looked at him like, oh, no. And he said, thy faith hath made thee whole. She was changed forever. Now, what about the guy, Jairus, who was in line? You know, this, this girl cut in line. Y'all know about those people that cut in line, and you, you're, you're, you're moving towards God, and all of a sudden someone zooms in and just stands there? Well, Jairus was in line. He, he'd already said uh, to Jesus, would you come to my house? And Jesus said, let's, let's go, buddy. We're on our way. And here she cut in line. Then about that time, you read it in chapter uh, 5, it's the, 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 the people came and said, don't bother the master anymore. It's over. Everybody at home is dead. Was it the daughter, the son? Daughter. Daughter at home was dead. And it's like, no. I have a divine connection. I'm not at the wrong place. I cannot be delayed. I cannot be displaced. I cannot be moved out. I will have God's best. And Jesus turned to him. Remember in Mark 5, he said, what did he say? Be not afraid, afraid, only believe. In other words, shut your mouth. And if you go up there in the verses before that, what he's talking about is when he said, come to my house and, and my daughter will be healed. And Jesus was saying, hold that word. The last word standing is doing the commanding. Don't say anything else to displace that. And off they went and raised her from the dead. Right place, right time. It just took a few moments. If you stopped just for a moment, you would go, it was a blur. What, what happened? What happened? It happened so fast. That is being at the right place at the right time. It's worth it, y'all. It's worth coming to church for. 
People go like, well, if it's handy, I'll come. It's got to be more than handy. There's a real devil out there that'll make it oh so unhandy. I'm telling you, we have used to have more of this, but we would have marriage meetings, marriage seminars. And we go, you know, we got several families that need, they need help in their marriage. We, we will, we're good pastors, we'll try to be, and we'll have this meeting, and it'll be for them, and all of us will be increased. Well, you know we'd have it, and you know who would come? Everybody that was, had a strong marriage just says, I believe I'll add, a, uh, add to my marriage. But everybody that was down and out in their marriage, guess what? We can't come because our marriage is broke. We'd have healing seminars, healing things. You know who couldn't make it? We don't feel good enough to come. So they miss the connection, the right place, right time thing. Well, if God, if God wants to heal me, he, he knows where I am. He, that, he doesn't work that way. You've got, there's other elements in place other than just God knowing about you. There's an anointing that's got to be there. There's the word of the Lord with his power. Is that right? There's an atmosphere of believing. Let me just tell you something. You can't get at First Church, and I'm not disparaging anybody, but I'm saying there's an atmosphere here that is in place that has power to get you more than if you didn't have this atmosphere. This atmosphere is what allows God to work in your behalf. The very fact that there's two or three gathered in his name. There's, there's Lawrence and Kathleen and Wanda and Eric and Leanne. There's, a, there's all of us in here that are saying, we want it. We want it. And that very thing causes, if somebody's in here says, I don't care. It, we just drown you out. We just, we, just, we just put a blanket on you. And we get more in that atmosphere. A place where there's true worship, not just bringing in the sheaves. We had to start at the beginning here this morning just to open up a place where we could get our souls off point of what I've been doing, what I'm doing, and what I've got to do and just start lifting our hands saying, Jesus. And then there's the gifts of the Spirit. When's the last time you had a few gifts of the Spirit when you was up on the couch on Sunday morning by yourself? Brother Doodad preaching, God will save you. When's the last time you got up saying, whoo, it's all over me. I got it. That's not how it works. So we're going to have to come to church, y'all. You go, well, I need to call. Y'all need to have a little deal that says, is it going to happen this Sunday or can I wait till next? Listen, I like Alabama power. They're always on. And we're endeavoring here to be always on. We're not waiting for a crowd to be on. We're on. And when the crowd comes, they'll see that we're on. Listen, y'all, we're not praying just because we have a supernatural mindset that just says, you know, I've been called to pray. I was ordained to pray. I'm an intercessor, you know, and all of you other people, you're not called to that, but I am, and so we're going to pray, and y'all just do We're all called to pray. But it's not just for the nations. It's not just to change our city. When you pray, it, the main thing is, is it changes you. It changes you. And you go, well, what difference does that make? God can't get anything in until it'll interface. In other words, uh, someone that's unbelieving, someone that's not expectant, they can't get what somebody else is. You remember the man at the gate, beautiful? He was there when Jesus walked for three years. He was there with his cup or whatever. He was there, had the same need. He was, he was lame from his uh, birth, and so he'd always been there. Jesus never ministered to him. You think Jesus didn't have it? 
You think he didn't want to? No, it was in the man. But one day he was at the right place at the right time, and Peter and John, same old thing. They'd been going all that time, but it connected that day. We don't know how or what, but he said, look at me. And the Bible says he looked up expecting. He was in the mood. He was in the place. He, something had happened that changed his expector, and he got everything he needed. It changed the whole city. Acts chapter 3, read after that, it turned everything upside down. I want to be one that God can use to change things the day after. How about you? It's not just me, my four, and no more. What about the city? Well, God, we're praying. When's it going to happen? Listen, it's changing. It hadn't changed all the way, but it's changing. I'm changing. Are you changing? Every time we come out of prayer, I'm changed. Maybe not precipitate, not, maybe not to such a degree that you go, whoa, how about that change? But every time you paint a, a wall, go into a rent house that's been in the 40s, and they've painted it after renter, it's thick. You got a half inch of sheetrock, and you got a half inch of paint. It, you know, eventually it adds up. And when you go into prayer enough, come out of prayer, and God affects you, it changes you and positions you for a miracle. Not just for you, but that God will flow one through you. But sometimes you hear something in prayer, not always, that changes the way you think. It gives you an adjustment because you're in the place at the right time, the right place where God can move on you. Now, if you only go when you feel good, it could be that it's so, so novel and new and whatever. You don't change because you're just acclimated to it. But after you settle in to like your old house shoes or something, you just settle in and you go, you know, this is who I am. And, I'm, and you start changing. You got to meditate the word. You don't want to meditate the word. I'm too busy to meditate the word. You will live a natural life. Matter of fact, I wrote this down and I'm, I'm going to quit with this. But I'm telling you, you're not going to much like this. But I'm here to speak the truth in love. But if you, if, if you, if you, if you won't adjust your location and your timing, in other words, you're just going to be the old dog that's got the trail in the backyard that goes around the fence. Y'all know that dog? You say, well, I wonder where the dog runs in this backyard. All you got to do is look. It's next to the fence, goes all the way around. You know, you got to change. So, uh, but people that will not be at the right place. Just refuse. I'll go to church when I feel like it. I'll pray when I feel like it. I'll read the Bible when I feel like it. They're letting this outward man control their destiny. Instead of giving place on the outward saying, I'm, we're going to suffer a little bit. Kids, I know it's a school night and I know you got homework, but we're going to this meeting this week because the man of God's coming in from out of town and we need to be at the right place at the right time. Do you have school? You should. You shouldn't have all your life programmed to the three nights that we're going to have a special speaker. But when he does come in, you ought to say, okay, we've done the sports and the school and everything. All that stuff's off. We're going to pray and believe God that y'all will sleep and get your homework or something. But you're going to die before you're satisfied if you don't get into this right place, right time. Amen. I told you you wouldn't much like that, but I'm telling you, you'll die before you're satisfied. We ought to have be a, churches that if we're not raptured, bless God, I was satisfied and I departed. You will struggle for your inheritance. These are four things the Lord told me. You will not fulfill your calling and assignment, 
and you will not you you will not be what he called told me was you'll not be heaven happy. Say heaven happy. I want to be heaven happy. In other words, when you step over into heaven, it was no big deal. It's like, well, it was this good, except for the devil. It was this good on earth. Because we do have power over the devil. We do have power over sickness. We do have power over lack. We do have power. Hallelujah. So we step over there. He's just not there. Praise God. Are you all ready for more? Whew, let's just lift our hands before Jesus right now. Wherever you are right there, right now, you make an adjustment. Right now, just make an adjustment. Let Jesus talk to you right now. I'm going to zip it, and you just let him talk to you about what's supposed to happen in your life. Now let's talk back to him. Under your breath, just to you, just to him, but start talking back to him. Open your mouth. Say words. Thinking doesn't count. Say words. And begin to tell him, Lord, I'm making an adjustment right here. I'm turning this thing around. I'm not going to live my one and only life the way I have been. Thank you, Lord, for helping me be at the right place at the right time. I am a, I am a supernatural being in the earth. Oh, Jesus. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, how many of y'all are filled with the Holy Ghost this morning? Oh, let's be, filled, let's be filled some more. Hallelujah. So let's lift a hand to heaven right now and just talk to him about filling. Fill me with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Fill me again. Fill me more. Right now, Lord, I... If you speak in tongues, then speak in tongues right now. Let's all just open our hearts right now and say, Lord, I'm, I'm wanting more. I'm going to start with this. I'm not ashamed. Fill me, Lord. Fill me more. Head of Rashi, I throw off the old garment. I throw off head of Rashi, the routine. I throw off disappointment. Oh, God, all the disappointments in my life, all the people that have hurt me, all the things that hadn't turned out. Oh, God, all the things. Oh, God, oh, but ahead of Bahuse, I put on a Katabasi appointment. In Jesus' name, I'm appointed to win, and I'm starting over today. In Jesus' name, put your hands on your body. Let's pray. Now, just be a magnet, a healing magnet right now. Put your hands on your body right now, wherever you need it. I draw right now healing healing the anointing draw it into your body right now i receive it on the inside and lord it's working on the outside pain be gone tell it come on tell it pain be gone now rebuke those things rebuke them just say i take authority over you i've been redeemed from you you foul thing in jesus name loose me let me go in jesus name Come on now, get it in right now. This is this is serious. Speak to your children and your grandchildren. Help them right now. Help them right now. Release the healing anointing. Do that. Release the healing anointing into your children, your grandchildren. I release the healing anointing into these people, Lord, this people. Lord God, we are going on, people, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. 
Now, on that list that we looked at this morning was jobs and better jobs. So if that's you, if you need a job or a better job, and you need to be at the right place at the right time, let me tell you something this morning. You may say the economy is not good for me getting a job, that my skill set's not good for what I need. You may say, but all you need is one job. You don't need the whole economy to turn. You just need one opening. So in G- come on, let's lift up our hand right now and just say, I believe I receive a new job, a better job. Head of a seed, raise at my job, increase in Jesus' name. Go ahead and release your faith right now. I'm at the right place at the right time. I have favor with God and man. They want me. They need me to be out front for this company, for my business. In Jesus' name, I put little and late behind me, and I put on, in Jesus' name, increase. I'm at the right place at the right time. Are you there? Are you telling it? Come on. Tell your life. Life, you are at the right place at the right time. You are not late. You are not behind. You are not out of position. You are not ignorant. In Jesus' name, you are privy to the secrets of God. You are there when you need to be there. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now let's just be quiet for a moment. Let's just give place to the Holy Ghost in this service. It's his service, you know. It's his service. We're here for him. Praise God. Praise God. Now, this is what I heard, and then we'll just see what we do after that. The Lord wants to know, before the end of this year, before the next year, what you want from him. Now, Usually we get to thinking what he wants from us. Lord, you want me to pray more? You want me to, you know. But he wants to know, what do you want from him in 2012? At our house for Christmas, we, all of us, put a Christmas list together. You know, well, the, the airplane, the boat. No, we just, we just put the stuff on a list to help one another. And it really, when you do that, it defines your life. Like, what do I want? Because we're so blessed in so many ways. Or you have so many needs, it's like just anything, it'll hit. The Lord wants to know, what do you want out of your 2012? So let's just, just for a moment, while you're just sitting there, let's just let him, let's just tell him, I'm going to tell you before the end of the year what it is that's in my heart. I'm going to discern what's in my heart for 2012, and I'm going to let it be known. Now, right now, just open your mouth. If if you can do that, saying, Lord, I don't know, but I determine to be at the right place at the right time in 2012. I'm going to be doing what you have ordained and anointed and blessed. I'm not going to be missing it next year like I may have missed it in other years. Go ahead and just tell, just, just, establish it with your words. I determine, Lord, to seek you, to find from you, to be open to you. You tell me, Lord, what's in my heart. Sift me, show me, and Lord, I'm going to be in a better place next year because I'm going to ask you now what it is that's blessed next year. In Jesus' name, all over the house, we're opening our hearts right now 
to a new plan and a new way of life in him. A spirit-filled life, a faith life, a life of grace, a life of fullness and overflow, a life of things happening that are good and bad things not happening. In Jesus' name, come on, just open your mouth with me. Just, work, just say it. Don't let me say it. And you just nod your head and say, Lord, I'm not having that stuff anymore. I'm paying my bills on time. And, Lord, I'm, I'm, we're walking in health this next year. And my job is not going to demand 90% of my life in Jesus' name. My kids are not going to rule my life anymore. They're going to come into order. I, my job is going to be a blessing either where it is or I'm getting a new one. Just come on. Just open your heart and say, Lord, Lord, I'm up for changes next year. And I'm not just saying, God bless me where I am. I'm asking you, where's blessing? I'm moving in Jesus' name. I'm adjusting. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ooh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Woo, how many of y'all got it this morning? Got, you, you stepped out and you got one foot in front now. Hallelujah. Got some things going. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's stand up and see what the Lord has. Hallelujah. Now, that was a good word for y'all. I don't know if y'all realize that wasn't just a thus and so. That was praise God. Look at all this, and we're not, it's still 12 till. We're just happy as if we just ate cobbler and pushing back from the table and we're sipping our coffee saying, well, that was good, and it's not even 12 yet. Isn't God good? <laughs> Debbie said, let's go eat cobbler. We'll, we'll follow y'all. Hallelujah. Brother Ray, come up here and dismiss us. Now, I want y'all to know this is a man of God right here. Now, still waters run deep, and he's not a holler, and he's certainly not a hooter in the sense of running around and carrying on, but I'm telling you, there's something in him that we're all paying attention to. Brother Ray. Yeah, you don't need that? Yeah, you need that. I want you to holler a little bit. Le Leanne may run, but uh, you holler. Thank you, Lord. How about con confess with me? It's not I that live. It's not I that lives. But Christ. But Christ, but Christ that lives within me. That lives within me. Our church is, our church is growing. Our church, Our church is growing. Our church is flowing. Our church is flowing. Our church is glowing. Our church is glowing. Our church is increasing. Our church is increasing. Our church is abounding. Our church is abounding. Our church is flourishing. Our church is flourishing. And our church is sowing. And our church is sowing. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, if you're getting water baptized tonight, even if you didn't sign up, you can sign up. Would you go back there? There's a little clipboard back there. And if you signed up of any way, there's a card back there I want you to have that just kind of helps you walk you through it. But uh, uh, you need to bring certain clothes. We will get wet. This is not the sprinkly club here. We are putting you under. And depending on what kind of member you've been, depends on how long we're going to hold you under. So, <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, Hallelujah. So you can you can bring your stopwatch and you'll know that's a bad Hallelujah. member right Praise there. God. <laughs> Be sure and take books. We can't sow if you won't receive. So take the books and be blessed. Amen. Amen.